G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you here listening today for part three of taking responsibility for your life. My name is Lockie and I'm the host of this experience and really my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Today, I sit down with Chris Podlick and we talk about three different groups of people who need to take responsibility for their lives. This is an extension of a conversation we had on Sunday. And so we re-explain those three groups of people. We talk about attention that applies to each of those three groups of people. And then we give a really practical next step application for those people as well. We really hope that you find this episode super helpful and practical for your life. By the way, I'm um, I'm 30 now, so I have a soda string. I'm 32, so I have a soda string. I just pressed record, so that's going to be the start of the podcast. I like that. Perfect. Uh, I didn't realize there was an age limit attached to owning a soda string, but it is a very middle-aged man um, kind of implement. <laughs> I feel like I feel like girls own soda streams. I don't know. Oh, definitely. The market of soda okay, streams. Sorry, um, middle-aged person. Uh, no young persons buying a soda stream. I am, I am a little bit offended that you just called me middle-aged, but that's no, okay. you, you said it first. I just reinstated it. Also, if you're under, <laughs> like, if you're like, you know, I feel like people who are like under 25 don't like sparkling water straight. Is it something you just get a palate for? Is it like alongside red wine, you just suddenly start enjoying like sparkling water when you turn a certain age? No, I just, I don't know. I always kind of like sparkling water. Maybe I was just weird. Maybe. I, I don't mind it, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that you just kind of grow into. Yeah, I don't know. I like sparkling water. <laughs> this, is, this has actually got like um, a little bit of a uh, little bit of diet lime cordial in there. I'm Pepsi there Max go. mixer in there. And I've got a little bit of orange and lemonade in there, orange and mango, you know, because wow. it's summer. Well, Chris, I'm, I'm, gro- I'm glad you're taking responsibility for your soda stream and you have lost like your half our audience because yeah, they're just right. like, they're like they're, i am not taking i'm not taking life <laughs> advice from a guy that uses a soda stream oh that's great i don't like yeah good on you for, for getting the soda stream was it a 30th birthday present was it, a, or is it something yeah 30, i'm 32, okay, 32. Yeah. you're um, old chris <clears throat> yeah i am yeah emma emma got it for me for my birthday and i let me just say i was very wrapped with it like that probably says everything you need to know i was so excited for it (laughs) that's great that is just wonderful well in part three chris there's a lot of threes floating around today we're part three Mm. of a series that we've called taking responsibility for your life we've got Mm. three different groups of people we want to talk about today and we've got three questions for those three groups of people and three separate application points so there's a it's it's a it's a rule of threes i i like it. it it suits me today it does. It does. You know, normally the four questions for your format. We've got three, um, three, got three this time. And I, I feel like it. it's a little, you know, a little bit of a controversial topic slightly. Mm. Yes. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how this pans out um, mm. because the reason we're doing this group three is because on the weekend you introduced us to us three groups of people. And we see those three mm. groups of people in a, in a text from the Bible. Um, but I think what you got us to see was that these three groups of people basically still exist today and 
Is it is it one of those ones where everyone fits into one of those three groups of people or is it just three categories where you could be somewhat of this person or that person? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think I think probably all of us. Yeah, no, I think probably all of us at some stage in our life fit into all of each three group. And um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's as um, you know, you know, Lockie, you're in group one, Chris is in group two, someone else is in group three. I think depending on the situation, um, I think there's a little bit of us that jumps into all three of these groups throughout our throughout our lives. Yeah. Great. Well, without talking about these three groups as hypothetical groups, let's get into it, Chris. Could you tell us about these three groups of people? Tell us the defining kind of characteristics and and what would classify someone to be in this particular group? Yeah. So again, goes back to that thing of responsibility. So the three groups are the first group are the religious people. And the religious people say this super spiritual thing. Um, They say, I'll pray about it. And I mean, let's be honest, like, you're not going to pray about it. You've already made your decision up. You've already <laughs> made your mind up. Like, yeah. you know, and just let me acknowledge it. If someone listening to this podcast for sure, it's like, no, I genuinely did. Okay. Like you're like the, the one person who does. Okay. Like there's like 5% of people who actually do. The rest of people like just know what the answer is. They know what they need to do. They just, they're just like, I'll just pray about it. And really what this group does is they kind of scapegoat God. Mm. They're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to God about it. Um, so you can't possibly. So that's the first group that with. I mean, even even if you say you're going to pray about it, that's fine. I mean, I don't like it as a like a. I don't like mm. it as a catchphrase. I don't think it's very helpful. But I mean, like when you are making a decision or you're making a transition, whatever you're doing, I think you should pray about it. But I think it's just part of the process. Like get a get a pros and cons list going. You know, uh, get everything going. Don't just rely on like this immediate download from God to be like you should move or quit your job. It's like. You know, I, I don't like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. Oh, I love it. I love it. And then the second group of people, um, they're, they're so great. Like, let me be honest. I love this group of people. I need some more of them in my life in terms of um, they have a lot of compassion for people. Um, but it's, it's the compassion that leads into misguided compassion. And the misguided compassion, they're the groups of people that go, oh, well, you know what, like, I can't talk about, I can't bring it up with them because, you know, their childhood or, you know, oh, they're going through a rough patch in their relationship or, oh, you wouldn't believe. And there's always a reason. It's almost like there's always a reason not to have the conversation. There's always a reason not to challenge the person. And so um, this misguided, compassionate group of people, they're fantastic. But what they, what they do is they don't realize they're doing is they actually facilitate other people's irresponsibility by never enforcing or never getting anyone to ever be held accountable um, for their actions. So that's the second group of responsible people with responsibility. Third group who react to responsibility is they're the group of people who say like, it's not my fault. You know, like, oh, well, like I grew up in a household that was always fighting. So it's not my fault. I try to resolve conflict this way. Um, and, And they're that kind of group that, you know, maybe maybe as well like it is not your fault maybe there's part of it where you know you were in a marriage and you were doing all the right things financially and you didn't realize that they'd taken out a credit card and started running up debt or maybe you were faithful in that relationship and everything was going well and they were unfaithful behind your back like so this is a group of people that just kind of goes hey it's not my fault so i don't really know how this responsibility conversation is relevant to me because where i'm at i'm living in the fallout of someone else's irresponsibility that I could have done nothing about. Mm, okay, good. That's good, good brushstrokes, broad brushstrokes to get a 
handle on the three groups of people. Chris, I was hoping in this next little section that we could make mm. that a bit clearer and help us to identify with one of those groups potentially. Because from what I can understand, mm-hmm. there's some downfalls. Where I think naturally we have some downfalls and we fit into one of those categories where there is something, yeah. some sort of like allusion to our responsibility that we're holding on to. And also, could you explain the tension, like the real tension of how, how this might play out or what this might lead to if this is unaddressed in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. So again, depending on the issue that you're having or the, you know, the challenge that you're having at the moment, you might find yourself, we'll, we'll all find ourselves in all three of these groups at some stage throughout our lives. So um, depending on what you've got going through your mind, you'll be able to pick yourself in one. So the, um, the, the, the religious group who say that catchphrase, you know, I'll pray about it. Um, the challenge, the challenge with that is, is that, um, well, there's, there's a couple of challenges. So let's explore that. First of all, um, if it's about certain things that God has revealed to us in scripture, you actually don't need to pray about that, right? Like um, if you're a Jesus follower and it comes to serving in the local church, you don't need to pray about that because it's God's already revealed it. If it's about, you know, do I be generous? You don't need to pray about that. God's already spoken about that. Um, is it about forgiving your enemy? Don't need to pray about that. Like, and so sometimes I think Christians like sit there and like, I've been praying about it and I haven't heard from God about it. It's like, yeah, well, he addresses it all throughout the New Testament or all throughout the, like, you don't need to pray about that. Like, that's obvious. Like, no, you shouldn't have sex before you're married. Like, that is just, it's in scripture. Like, um, and so I think sometimes there's kind of this like, oh, well, I'll, I'll pray about it to God to get an answer. It's the one hand. And then on the other hand, there's kind of this, like, again, this smoke screen that goes up, like, oh, well, that's a big decision. I'll, um, I'll pray about it. And then, you know, someone always has to chase you up and someone always has to follow you up. Um, so, with that as well, um, you can't pray your way out of something you behaved yourself into. You know, like, you know, if there's a certain behavior that you've been repeating over and over and over in your life and you just kind of fall down and go, God, I'm just, I need your help with this. Like, it's great to pray about that, but you actually can't get out of it. Like you behaved your way into that problem. So you're going to have to behave your way out of that problem um, as well. So that's kind of, that's kind of the first group. The other... Maybe maybe it is a tension. I'm uh, I'm not 100 sure with this one of, of the religious people. But what maybe the litmus test of this is that I like to challenge religious people. Like if those people in your connect group or your friends and family heard about the prayers you were praying, um, would they be like, "Well, that's nice, but you actually haven't ever done anything about that. Like you've never had that conversation or you've never addressed that." So yeah, that's kind of the. Re- There's a couple of tensions. Um, mm-hmm that are kind of hanging, hanging around there, but that's sort of the, the big one. Um, if that's helpful, the miss, the group that, um, that has uh, misguided compassion. Here's, here's the tension with that is that the fact that you have to make excuses or you have to rationalize why someone is being irresponsible all of it already says that their behavior is impacting other people. Whether that person is you or whether that person is workplace or family, friends, regardless, the acknowledgement that there's a rationale for their behavior already says, hey, I've got to do something, but you're just too afraid to confront them. So the tension is really around like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. It's not nice. Like, let's be honest. No one likes to um, have that conversation. And so, again, acknowledging, I think it's great. You're so um, compassionate. 
that not addressing that actually probably says more about you than it does about the other person. Mm. Um, and so like one of the big challenges, and I'll admit it's, I'll acknowledge the challenge with this is, um, is because we're so good, like culturally, we kind of psychoanalyze people and we're like, oh, well, Lockie behaved that way or Chris behaved that way because of X, Y, and Z. Um, what we then do is to ourselves, like, well, you know, here's the reasons that you can't, you know, you, you wouldn't want to address. And so we psychoanalyze our way out of ever having the conversation that we, um, that we need to have. So that's sort of, that's sort of the tension. Um, that's sort of the tension there because it comes from a genuinely good place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, too much of a good thing can be harmful in this case. Definitely. Well, let's get into the full Monday then because- No, wait, we- there's another group. There's another group. Oh, we've we've only talked oh, the, about two. I'm it's too not keen. my fault group. It's yeah, not my yeah, fault group. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We we lo- I love your excitement. It's not my um, fault, Chris. I was just keen. It's not. No, it's not your that's fault. Not, that's not um, my fault. <laughs> so this group of people, again, like, and and I'll admit this: you feel like you're reaping, um, what someone else is sowing. Kind of like what Riley was talking about in part two. Like you kind of feel like you know what I'm, I'm getting some of the the flack of this, but I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. Um. The question is like with with this challenge is like, hey, it's all well and good that that is true, but that doesn't change the reality of of now. And so it doesn't change the fact that you do have to navigate a situation now. You do have to respond in a certain way. You do have to find a way to start over or move forward. So what are you going to do about that now? Because one way is like you can blame, you can continue to blame that person. You can continue to point the finger at them. I get it, but you can't blame your way to a better future. Um, that's never worked for anyone. So you do need to wrestle with that tension and go, okay, well, what, what am I going to, how am I going to navigate this? How am I going to write the next chapter instead of looking over my shoulder, pointing the finger? Mm. Uh, good. Are we ready now? Am I, am I in the right spot now to introduce our four Mondays? You are. You are. <laughs> Fantastic. You nailed it. That's great. Well, we, as we said, we've got three full Mondays, one for each group. So hopefully we can get really practical here, Chris, and we just talk about mm. what's a step that each person or each group of people can take to mm. take on that responsibility in our lives. And, and the ultimate thing is we're moving towards a better future. It, it kind of mm. is tough. It's hard. It's always mm. a difficult thing to take responsibility, but we're moving towards a, a better future. So for the religious group, oh, so let's go in reverse order. Um, for the fault I want you to wrestle with is what do you need to own with your own behavior? Um, do, do you need to own the fact that um, despite despite the fact that it happened six months ago, a year ago, three years ago, you still use it as a crutch to not make decisions in the future? You know, do you um, do you blame you know your trust issues in your current relationship on someone else in the past when this person has never done anything? to break your trust, um, you know, do you prevent, you know, so what is it? What do you need to own um, with your own behavior about this particular scenario? Cause we've all got aspects um, of our own behavior that we need to own. And I want to be careful here because you, you can kind of, depending on your situation, you can kind of hear that and kind of go, Oh, you know, Chris, like, you know, you're victim blaming or you're pointing the finger at someone. And it's not their fault. That's not what I'm doing at all. All I'm saying is if you want to make a way forward, there is a there is part where you've got to find that one percent, and it might just be one percent in some scenarios. We just got to go. You know what? What about my behavior? Not about you know what someone did to you or said to you. What about my behavior? Can I own moving forward mm. so that I have I write a better story 
than the one that that you told. So that's that. That's that group. Mm. Um, and for misguided compassion, uh, my question: the challenge is just simply: Are you compensating for irresponsibility? Again, it, when when it starts to kind of, um, you feel like you have to have a conversation. It's already gone. Like they're already it, their behavior is already impacting you. Um, don't psychoanalyze yourself out of it. Just ask the question: Hey, am I compensating for irresponsibility? And if you're not sure, just get someone that you really trust and say, hey, this is a scenario. Oh, do you think I'm kind of compensating for their irresponsibility by like not addressing it or not moving forward? Someone else who's a bit more subjective will straight away be able to like, yeah, no, 100%. Unless, again, you go to someone else who's misguided, compassionate, and then you just kind of like <laughs> keep perpetuating. But yeah, get someone who's not. Get someone who's direct and blunt. Um, <laughs> get them in the conversation. It's good. And then um, the religious group, are you hiding behind... Um, your prayers. And I think, you know, you can refer back to what I said earlier with this one, you know, just get someone in your connect group and, and just share with them or get someone that you trust and go, Hey, here are the things I'm praying for at the moment in my life. Do you think I'm hiding behind my prayers a little bit and kind of drop responsibility? Like, do you really see me working on these as well as, as praying about them as well? Cause again, prayer is really, really important. Don't miss me. But when we kind of just go, I'm just going to pray about it. And then we sit and we pray and we don't make a budget or we don't say sorry, or we don't navigate the way forward. Then it becomes like a mm. kind of hiding behind our prayers a little bit here. Yeah, definitely. I think it's worth clarifying that we can pray. Like I think yeah. prayer is, is a wonderful thing. And you gave some examples before, Chris, I'll just pick on one that, that's easy to use. Uh, should I be generous? Like mm. you don't need to pray about that. But there might be some people who might be thinking, I'm feeling that bit of responsibility towards being more generous. And mm. I think that's a conversation that we can have in prayer. That's like, God, how far do you want me to take this? Or, you know, and we can, we can ask those questions. Um, but the blanket, like, do you want me to generous? Like, yeah, be generous. Um, but maybe you've decided to be generous and it's like, Oh, what's the next stage look like? There's, there's a good place for prayer in that, that maybe we're just praying for courage to step out and do something like that. Um, or maybe we're asking, you know, God, God might say, Hey, I, I want to push you to do this thing in particular but um again just just clarifying prayer prayer is good and we can pray about that. a lot of I think, things i think it's a great clarifying point as well because i think it kind of shifts that focus away from one dimensional prayer you know there is this idea that like oh well prayer is i just sit and talk to god well part of prayer is as you know Locke, and as we've been experimenting with a little bit like is silence and solitude mm. and sort of part of it is kind of you know presenting this actual issue to god and i think this is one of the challenges with this one dimensional kind of view of prayer it's like well i just tell god all my stuff well, part of it is saying, hey, God, you know, this, this relationship isn't working real well. Can you show me some of the things in my life that I need to navigate and I need to address in order to fix it? And then just sitting in silence for maybe a minute or just two minutes, nothing crazy, mm. just seeing what God surfaces within us. Because often if we're quiet enough, God will bring yeah. it to the surface anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So potentially with this one, there's even two ways to like look at it is to shift your prayers to be... Um, yeah, to ask God, like to ask God for more wisdom and insight in these particular areas, assuming that it's aligning with scripture. So yes, you should be generous. Okay. What could that look like in my life? That could be a way to shift your prayer. Secondly, you know, uh, you know, I love that Christian Christ catchphrase, like I'll pray about it. It's similar to when you ask someone, oh, can you do this? Oh, I'll think about it. It's like, well, you won't. You'll just yeah. tell me no in three days when you get around to texting me. Um, yeah. Is to move away from that kind of language and and be more honest and upfront if we if we're told things or you know just say look I'm 
I'm gonna I'm actually gonna think about it. Or you know, I I give it give your answer up front. Look, things are too busy right now. I can't do that for you. Or, it's just not totally within my agree. capacity. So I think there's two two really key sub four Mondays, if you will, Chris, mm-hmm. um, within that for that religious group, which is something I can definitely take into my life. Well, me as well. So I hope that's helpful. <laughs> um, at least it's a good starting point, hopefully, for for for, um, for our listeners to kind of navigate away um, forward a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for, for wrapping up part three of taking responsibility for your life. I know there's a lot of different things there. Hopefully, everyone listening was able to track along, particularly mm-hmm. with the one that um, most relates to those, uh, to yourself. But I do find there's parts of all, there's parts of, us in all three categories so i think it's um a worthwhile conversation to kind of listen in for the whole thing anyway yeah, yeah totally so agree can- and if you're trying to having trouble figuring out where you um fit on one of those um shoot me a dm just hit me up chris public on instagram just shoot me a dm and we can uh we can chat about it oh how good a personal invitation i like that, it's a I like chat. that. very good well thanks chris we'll uh, we'll see you soon thanks mate